Hey, beautiful lady. This is going to be a heavy question. Are you a woman who has ever been sexually or physically assaulted? If that answer is yes, did you fight back? Did you run away? Did you do anything to protect yourself? There is a reason why if the answer is no, and it is called the freeze response. It is a response of your nervous system, of your survival instincts to protect you from worse harm and from death. And while it can seem very, very counterintuitive to say, I froze, what do you mean less harm? God designed you with a freeze response for a very specific reason. He designed you to have a brain that did a lot of things in the background that you can't cognitively understand. And whether or not that was the right decision in that moment, only God knows. But there is a science behind why you froze. And I want to talk about that today to bring some light into this darkness that you might be carrying and to bring you closer to God and his intelligent design to silence shame that you froze and didn't protect yourself and to glorify God through worshiping his creation in teaching it to you so that you can understand why he designed you this way why it's not flawed, and why maybe you freezing was the best thing for you in that moment. Welcome to the Stress Release for Christian Women podcast. My name's Laura, and I am a mental health practitioner, a Christian woman, and a survivor of mental health dysfunctions and disorders on all ends of the stress spectrum. In this podcast, we are going to be talking about stress and mental health from God's perspective, what mental health resources help to turn it all off, and how you can find peace in your mind and body no matter what storm is raging around you. We are going to be talking about some heavier topics that are not suitable for kids. So if you've got kiddos with you, grab some headphones or save this podcast for later. And know that this information is simply here for educational purposes only, not to replace any advice from a trained mental or physical health care professional. If you do need resources for that, you can check out my website, which is linked in the show notes below. So settle in, take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, and let's learn, grow, and find peace in your mind and body together. Hey, beautiful lady, welcome back to the Stress Release for Christian Women podcast, and welcome back to our series, What is Stress Really? This is a 10-part series all about your stress, learning some of the science behind what your stress is, what it's not, learning how God created you and why. And then how Satan is messing with that creation to create this stress. This is going to lead up to another series starting in a few weeks on the mental health resources or techniques that can help turn your stress off. So this is building a foundation to understand what the problem is so that you can get the right help for you. Because in order to get the right help, You have to know what the problem is to begin with. And stress is a word that describes a lot of different things going on inside of you. So that is what this series is all about. And today we're in our ninth episode in this series, and we are continuing a conversation from last week about something known as polyvagal theory. This is a really big fancy word that just means the many functions of your vagus nerve, which is the main nerve in your nervous system responsible for your stress. So we're just looking at the part of your body responsible for your stress and 
how it operates and why. We had two episodes on the nervous system, and now we're going into this new research that kind of new, kind of been around for a while, and looking at the new model that polyvagal theory has put out for the stages of stress. So previously, we looked at four stages of stress, from no stress to high stress, and polyvagal theory splits that up even deeper into six But when we look at high stress, like panic and anxiety attacks, trauma triggers, PTSD, we don't need to look at all six. We're going to look at three different stages, which we talked a little bit about last week, starting with no stress, which they call social engagement, moving into the two high stress states, fight or flight and freeze. So as I said in the intro, we are going to talk about freeze and we are going to get into the conversation of why you froze and what happened inside of you when that happened and why God created you this way. We're also going to talk about social engagement and fight or flight and what polyvagal theory has learned about God's creation and how your brain and body move you through these stages and what it's like to live that personally. In the second episode of the nervous system, we talked about what fight or flight is like in your body in terms of what organs and bodily systems turn on, ramp up, or shut down. And this is going to be similar to that today. We're going to talk about the different emotions you experience when you're in these different stages of stress or no stress. We're going to talk about the different mental health dysfunctions or struggles that you might experience in them. And we're going to talk about what is happening inside of you physiologically, chemically, hormonally, all that stuff to help you understand again, what is going on and why, you know, why do you feel Whatever it is, why is your heart rate so fast when you're stressed? Why is your breathing so shallow? Why is your digestion like doing all sorts of weird things? There's a reason. And so we're going to go into God's creation today, into why a little bit more. And this is the time we're going to go into that mostly on the freeze response and talk about what that's like. So last week we talked about polyvagal theory in these three different stages social engagement, fight or flight, and freeze. We are going to go deeper into that today. And if you are a visual person, feel free to look at the blog as you listen along. There is a graph or a chart in there that includes everything I'm going to be talking about today. So if you want to see this while you listen, just check out the blog linked in the show notes below. So Similar to our four stages of stress, this model has three main ones when we look at no stress and high stress. They've changed the names a little bit. We talked about that last week. No stress, what we also call rest and digest, is now called social engagement. This is where you have a connection with the people around you, meaning you're engaging socially with them. You are connected with the environment around you, meaning you are aware of where you are. You are aware that you are safe. You're not in danger. You're not triggered. You're not anxious. This is when you're at peace. You're calm. You're resting. And it could be resting like napping or sleeping, but it can also be lounging. And if you think about it, when you are engaging socially with other people, It's easier to do that when you're sitting down. When you're standing up, there's some movement going on. And that actually does take away a little bit from the conversation and how you connect with the person in front of you. And that's because when you're standing up and moving around, you are in the sympathetic activity, the sympathetic part of your nervous system, which is that active part. And when you are in rest and digest, this this no stress, this state of peace, 
you are in the parasympathetic inactivity. And so you can still be awake, but you're a lot more in tune with who is in front of you and you are fully engaged in their story. And that is what we're referring to here, social engagement, this deep engagement with people where your brain knows you're safe and you are very connected with them. Last week, I used the example of you with your friends at a coffee shop. This is you sitting down, settling in after everyone has gotten their drinks and you know you're not going anywhere for like two hours. You are totally engaged in the conversation. When you're in this state, you are going to feel joy. You're going to feel present. You're going to feel grounded in where you are. You're going to feel curious and open to new things, whether it's what your girlfriend says or this idea you have. This is where creativity can thrive. You have compassion for the people around you, and you are mindful of everything going on. This is a beautiful state to be in. Now, there's other healthy states, like the activity states, where you're up moving around and still in God's will and not in survival mode. But this social engagement is where we want to look at with polyvagal theory, because we want to say, how did we get from zero to 60 so fast, or zero to 100, if you will? And how is the nervous system moving in and out of those states to do that? So social engagement is like ground zero. It's when you are at peace and you are thriving in joy and compassion and presence. You will be in the parasympathetic nervous system, meaning that restful state. Polyvagal theory calls this ventral vagal. It's the healthy side of the vagus nerve. And when you're in this state, your digestion increases, your intestinal tract, all that digestive process through your intestines increases, your immune function is thriving, able to resist infection. You can rest and recuperate, right? We call it rest and digest for a reason. You are resting, you are digesting, you can recuperate and restore. Your body and your mind can fill their tanks back up and recoup. There is circulation of blood to non-vital organs like your skin and your extremities, meaning it's flowing everywhere in a very healthy way. You have oxytocin, which is the neurotransmitter involved in socially bonding with other people that allows you to bond with people without fear. And that's how you are connected and curious and open with other people is that the hormone oxytocin is flowing and pumping through you. When you're in social engagement, God designed you to connect in compassion with other people. So he designed you to physiologically have this hormone moving through you to help you bond. You have the ability to relate with other people and connect with them. And what decreases when you're in this state is your defensiveness, your defensive response to protect yourself, that guard we put up to protect ourselves, the walls we build, they drop when we're in this state. Think of this like when you're meeting a new person and you're anxious and you're nervous, you're not in this state. But when you get with your best friend, or your husband, or your kids, or your mom, or someone you trust, and those walls come down. You're in social engagement when you're with them in that state. You have this absolute trust and connection and the oxytocin coming through you to bond with them without getting defensive. This is a very healthy state to be in. And it is one of the healthy states God wants you to live and thrive in. Now, you're here because like me, you've been stressed, anxious, traumatized, triggered, you name it. And we want to live in social engagement, but we're not there. So what happens when you 
get stressed. There are different stages in between this, but again, today we're just going to talk about the high stress states. And the reason we talk about these is because this is where it's really severe. And if you have trauma, this is where you live when you get triggered with trauma. So first you go through fight or flight. There is a freeze response, but you will go through fight or flight first, no matter what, because your brain, the way God designed it is to protect yourself. And if you can fight the danger and win or get away, that is the best thing to do. Freeze is a caveat that we'll talk about in a moment. So out of social engagement, if your brain This is going back to the fifth episode in this series on your brain. Your survival brain is designed to scan your surroundings and see if there's any danger. And if there is to flip you into fight or flight to save your life. You know, I've used this example a couple of times. There is a guy in Colorado where I live who was trail running in the foothills, little mountains leading up to the big mountains. And he got attacked by a mountain lion. If he had not gone into fight or flight, he would have been able to fight and then run away and survive and he would be dead. So fight or flight is here for a reason and it is designed to get you to save your life. And we want this part of our brain operating. We want it doing its job. We want it scanning our surroundings and saying, danger, and then flipping you into fight or flight to survive. What we don't want is all the glitches Satan has caused in the trauma and the pain and all the heartache and heartbreak from life, where now this is turning on when it doesn't need to be. And I used an example of if I were bit by a dog when I was looking at this orange hat on my wall, I'm going to be afraid not only of dogs, but of hats and the color orange and orange hats especially. And that's the glitch. That's the trauma. That's the hang up that's triggering this stress response when you don't need to be in that. So let's say you are in social engagement. You are calm, connected with your girlfriends at coffee. You are compassionate and open, grounded and filled with joy, very present in the moment. And then something happens that triggers the stress response. You are going to go first through fight or flight. And then if you can't fight or flee, you will go into freeze. Both of these are high stress states. There's, there's three different states you can be in, but fight or flight is kind of linked in one here in polyvagal theory. You will go from the parasympathetic of social engagement, which is that inactive, restful state, healthy, into the unhealthy, active state of fight or flight. Your brain is going to make a decision in a split second whether fighting is better or running away is better. It will just do this. This part of your survival brain is designed by God to just do this. It makes these decisions for you. Fight is a movement towards the danger. Whether there's actual danger, like a dog coming at you to bite you, or whether it's perceived danger, also referred to as emotional danger, where it could trigger a whole bunch of things inside of you and yet you're still safe. Like if you have trauma, I use the example of if I stare at an orange hat when a dog bites me, I'm now going to be afraid of orange hats and I can go into fight or flight reacting as if I'm being attacked when the danger is an orange hat, which is perceived. It's the glitch in the brain of trauma. So regardless of what kind of danger, you will move towards the danger. And in this case, if my girlfriend's telling me about this great hat she found online, she is now part of the danger and I'm going to get defensive towards her. The emotions you feel when you're in fight are frustration, irritation, anger, and rage. And you'll move through those depending on the severity of how your brain perceives the situation. Um, And you might just go straight to anger and rage. You might kind of start small and ramp up to anger and rage. If you go into flight, this is fleeing or running away. 
It's a movement away from danger. Your brain says, I cannot beat that, but I think I can outrun it. You know, I use this example a couple of times. I live in Colorado and a guy got attacked by a mountain lion and running in the foothills. He was trail running in the foothills. And first he fought and killed the lion. Then he ran away. His brain said fight because at that point, unfortunately, his legs was in the jaws of the mountain lion. And then his brain said, get away as soon as he killed it and it let go. So flight is to run away. Can you beat it? If he had started running in the beginning, he probably would not have won because mountain lions are very fast. But if he had started running in the beginning, he would have turbocharged and took off. When you are in flight, you're getting away. Your brain says, can I outrun this? Can I get away and escape? Emotionally in this state, you're going to feel worry and concern, anxiety, fear, and panic. I would add terror to that list as well. If you struggle with a lot of anxiety, you're probably living in the flight state. Your brain is saying, I'm not safe right here, right now. I need to get away. And we've talked about this in the fight, flight, freeze episode. It was number four in this series. And how when there's perceived danger, like the orange hat trigger, you will emotionally avoid things. You know, I might just start avoiding my friend or I might start telling her I'm too busy and I can't go to things anymore. And I might just kind of ghost her because all of a sudden now she has become the threat because she's talking about the orange hat and that's the trigger of trauma. And I don't want to be there because my brain's trying to keep me alive and it thinks this is danger when it's not. So you have a physical movement towards or away from things in fight or flight. But when there's not actual danger, when it's anxiety and trauma and panic attacks and PTSD, it's irrational. And you will have the same physiological change in you. We'll get to that in just a second. But you're also going to have this emotional coming at someone aggressively or avoiding someone and trying to get away. And that's what we see a lot in our behavior when we're not well. And when there's trauma and anxiety is we're trying to attack people verbally and emotionally, sometimes spiritually, or we're running away from it all and hiding. And this is the state you're going to be in when that happens. Now, what you experience in your body, again, this is active. You go into the sympathetic in this state. We talked a little bit about this in that nervous system episode part two. Your blood pressure is going to increase. You suddenly have blood pumping through you because you got to get blood and oxygen to you to go into this Hulk mode or beast mode, as I call it. You need to fight or run danger. This is not a quick jogger on the block. This is you outrunning the mountain lion or beating it and killing it. And that's quite a feat. Your heart rate increases. Your glucose, which is your fuel, increases that sugar production in your body. Adrenaline and cortisol are going to start pumping through your veins, especially adrenaline, that stress hormone to get you active to run or fight the mountain lion. Oxygen is going to start circulating mostly to your vital organs. You don't need all the other things functioning. You need the main things functioning because your body has limits. You're a human being alive on planet earth in the fallen world. There is a natural law of this world and there are limits on your energy. So all your energy needs to get redirected into your heart and your lungs, and your limbs to run or fight. There can be an increase in blood clotting, and your pupil size is going to dilate like crazy. you got to let a lot of light in so that you can see all the peripheral and you can really fight and run well. So what decreases now is your fuel storage. You're not going to be storing up fuel for later. This is you tapping into your reserves so that you can have that surcharge of energy. Your insulin activity is going to decrease in this moment. And when we start to look at insulin, we think about diabetes. 
when people are stressed all the time and they're in fight or flight, it changes all the chemicals in our body. It changes how our body operates. And that is where health issues can start to arise. It's going to decrease and shut down your digestion. This includes your intestinal tract and your saliva production and your bladder and bowels. It's going to decrease and shut those down. You don't need to be absorbing nutrients properly if you're running away from a mountain lion. And it's going to evacuate your bladder and bowels. We talked about that in that episode on the nervous system. You don't need to store any extra weight. You got to get rid of that and get out of there. It's going to decrease your relational ability. This is emotional connection. We talked about this with social engagement, right? Suddenly when you're in social engagement, that peaceful, restful state, you are able to connect with other people. You have oxytocin pumping through you to bond with the people in front of you. When you're in fight or flight, you are in aggressive or panic get out of here mode. You're not relating to people. You're trying to protect yourself from them and whatever uh, danger Satan might be causing through them. So you're not going to have that oxytocin pumping through you as much. You're not going to have that bonding hormone going on. You are not going to be able to relate to the people around you. And if you think about this, when you are triggered or anxious, your aggressive or and reactive or you're hiding and avoiding and you are not going to relate to the people around you. So if you struggle a lot with trauma or anxiety, it's not your fault. This is your survival instinct kicking on. It is autopilot. You don't have a say in this, but it's also true that when you're in that state, you're not going to be a compassionate kind person because your brain is thinking something's trying to kill you and you're going to be trying to save your own life. So what we need to understand is that in this place, you're going to be aggressive or avoidant, and that's not kind, and that's not Jesus-like behavior to the people around us. So sometimes we perceive them as getting snippy with us, and it might just be they're reacting to our aggressiveness or our avoidance. It's part of the complication of sin and pain and trauma in this fallen world. Additionally, what decreases when you're in this state is your immune function. We talked about that in that last episode on the nervous system as well. Your immune system shuts down as well as your reproductive functions. And so you are not going to digest, you're not going to fight illness, and you're not going to reproduce and create life. So if you're in fight or flight all the time and you have digestive issues, immune function issues, or reproductive issues, Stress can be a massive part of that because of the nature of what this state does with your bodily systems. There's a lot of reasons for health issues, and we won't get into that in this podcast, but stress is part of it. And if you've struggled with anything in that category, even I don't know um, if there's really a link between stress and diabetes, but the fact that insulin starts to slow down That to me says, gosh, it could be part of it. So it's just really important to say God designed us as one. You know, I always say God's a triune God and we're a triune human made in his image. We're not God, we're humans, but we have three parts that are three separate parts and yet somehow they're all one. You know, you are one woman, but you have a a mind, a body, and a soul. And they all work in tandem. So if your mind is having this reaction of stress, there's a physical component to it. And that physical component then can lead to physical disease if it's not taken care of properly Um, and vice versa. So we want to understand that everything is connected and it is related. And so if you have really high stress, if you have a lot of anxiety, if you have trauma or PTSD, I'm not surprised if there's health issues. And talk a little bit about that in that episode, the second one on the nervous system as well. Now, if your brain determines that you can't fight or flee and win, meaning you won't survive, there is a second 
stage you can go into. It's the third stage on this whole list, this chart, if you will. And that is the freeze response. The freeze response is this overwhelm that says, I can't. I can't get away and win. I can't fight this and win. And when you can't survive danger by fighting it or getting away, God designed you with a third response, which is freeze. And there's a beauty in this and there's a pain in this. The freeze response shuts you down mentally, emotionally, and physically. In that shutdown state, it allows you to endure the pain of torture and survive. If you are a woman who's been physically or sexually assaulted, you might and probably have frozen. And there might be shame there and blame and hate at yourself for laying there and taking it. But here's the truth. You didn't choose this. Your survival brain chose this for you. And God designed you in this way to keep you alive. As a woman, you are smaller than a man, typically. And you are a lot weaker compared to wild animals. We don't have the strength to fight in the way that men do. And it is often the freeze response that women get stuck in because it isn't safe to fight or run. It's really easy to look back and say, I could have taken him. And maybe you could have. But I want you to remember this truth. When a man is assaulting you, this could be a woman assaulting you as well, but typically it's a man. There is something demonic going on. There's a psychological component to this, and there's a whole science of how usually people who've been abused turn into abusers themselves. The trauma experts have a great science on this, but there is also a spiritual component to this. There is something demonic happening, and that person is clearly not surrendered to Christ in that moment. Whether they are a Christian or not, whether they house the Holy Spirit or not, they are surrendered to Satan in that moment through this abuse. And if Satan has the power to do this to you in that moment, couldn't he do more? If you tried to fight, he might have killed you. If you tried to get away, he might have chased after you and found you. So the truth is the freeze response is there because we don't know the truth of whether or not we could have survived if we fought or run. And as a woman who is a survivor of mostly sexual abuse, some physical abuse, it is, I can assure you, it's easy to go down that rabbit hole of I could have taken him because I could have. Sometimes the answer was no. Sometimes the answer was yes. But it was very clear to me that Satan was moving through these men and these little boys. And the truth is, if he could move through them in this way, who knows what he's capable of? And I am grateful that I didn't find out. So the freeze response shuts you down into this absolute immobility where you are basically paralyzed temporarily and you lay there and take it. And there is a reason for this. In this state, emotionally, you know what? I'm going to go into what's happening physically, and then we'll talk about the emotional side. Physically in this state, you slip out of the sympathetic of fight or flight, that active state, back into parasympathetic nervous system, meaning you go inactive, shut down. They call this dorsal vagal, the unhealthy state of your vagus nerve. And this is an emergency state. What's going to increase in this moment is fuel storage, meaning glucose storage and insulin activity. This is the opposite of fight or flight, right? Fight or flight, everything turbocharges through you and you are using up your reserves. Now you're shut down and you're storing them again. You have endorphins running through you to help numb you out and raise your pain threshold. 
In wild animals, the example that psychologists always use is if a gazelle is trying to run away from a cheetah. Typically, a gazelle cannot outrun a cheetah. Cheetah is the fastest animal on earth. But when it's in the flight response, it can. And there's videos of it online. It's great. There's also videos of it going into the freeze response. And what happens is the body pumps you full of endorphins. And uh, mammals have this same makeup as us in this case, so that you don't feel what's happening. If I'm a cheetah, I do not want to feel myself getting eaten. Or if I'm a gazelle, I do not want to feel myself getting eaten by a cheetah. So God designed mammals to have this shift. You freeze and become immobile so that you stop trying to fight or run. And you kind of go catatonic. You go limp and you go paralyzed and you have all these endorphins going through you so you don't feel all the pain. In human terms, you are going to feel less of the assault, whether it physically hurt or emotionally hurt. You are going to feel less of that. Physiologically, what decreases is your heart rate, your blood pressure, your temperature, your muscle tone, facial expressions, eye contact, immune response, sexual response. All of these things indicate slowing down. The body is going to slow down out of fight or flight into a shutdown state of reserve. It is either slowing down and you die or it slows down temporarily and it gets you through the pain and torture through to the other side and then it will begin to ramp back up into healthy function again. But in this state, you do not want all your systems and organs in high gear like fight or flight because now you can't move. You also don't want them even functioning normally because you are meant to just go limp. If you show any signs of fighting or fleeing, a cheetah is going to attack worse. And unfortunately, humans at the hands of Satan usually do as well. So your body starts to shut down to keep and prevent you from doing that to protect you. You are also going to lose the intonation in your own voice. You're going to lose your awareness of other human voices. And you're going to lose social behavior. So on the emotional side of this, when we look at this as a trigger later on in life, you kind of numb out emotionally and physically in a way where You're really flat. You can't really hear other people. And you don't really have any connection or desire to connect with them. What I just described is basically depression. When someone is depressed, they're usually in the freeze response. Now, there's a lot of reasons why they have depression. It's not just because of trauma. That can be part of it. But it's also true that just regardless of what the root cause of that depression is, this is what's happening in their brain and body in that moment. They shut down. They go numb physically where they can't even get up and do things. You know, people with depression, if you've struggled with this, you know it. I know it. You're like, I guess I did the dishes this week. That's a good thing. Instead of doing dishes throughout the day, all day, it's like maybe you did the dishes once this week and that was the only thing you did and it was the only thing you cleaned and that was a massive hurdle. It's because they truly are shut down. It's not just psychological, it's physiological. They can't move. They're meant to be in this numbed out state, not moving. They're just not in danger, so it's irrational. It's part of that glitch. 
but they're also going to be very disconnected from you socially, withdrawing, just very numb and flat and not wanting to be with you. And that's why. And this is a great time to remind you, if you have someone in your life who is depressed, they can't control this in the way that you think they can. We'll talk about this later in how you come out of these states, but they can't control this and you can't pep talk them out of this. So trying is just usually going to make it worse and it's going to bring a whole mess of shame in and we don't need all that. So in this state of freeze, emotionally, what you're going to feel is helplessness. You are going to feel helpless because you can't fight or run the danger. You're going to feel depressed. You're going to feel numb. You're going to feel dissociated, which is a mental health term that describes when you bottle up all the pain and kind of repress it and lock it away so that you don't have to feel all of it. But dissociation means disconnection from who you are. It's like you take the part of your heart that's broken and you you put a steel vault around it and then now you're missing part of your heart and you're disconnected from that part of yourself. You're going to feel shame because you can't fight or run. You're going to feel shut down, hopeless, and trapped. And as I said earlier, This is really the preparation for death. Oftentimes as women, when we are assaulted, we survive. Not always. But we will survive it. And so we don't die. But the brain doesn't, the brain and body don't have an additional state for understanding that. They just prepare for death. It's this absolute shutdown. So you don't have to feel the worst of the worst. And here is where we can talk about how this is a gift from God. I don't want to feel that. I don't want to feel the torture of what Satan is doing at the hands of another human or a wild animal for that matter. I don't want to know what's happening to me. There is a part of your brain that is always online. It's part of your survival brain. In your limbic system, the mammalian brain, that is responsible for memories and emotions and trauma. It will record every single detail. I've talked about this in many episodes. When you go through something dangerous, this part of your brain kicks on and it records every detail. And this is where the example of the dog bite and the orange hat came from. It records every detail in your surrounding, just in case that was part of what caused the danger. So when you're in freeze, your your survival brain is still going. It's still thriving and active. It's actually in overdrive. And it is recording all of this. So you have a memory of this. It's most likely, if you can't actually remember all the details, that there's another whole reason we could get into for that. We'll get into that next year when we talk about trauma. But God designed you to be able to repress that and put it away so you don't have to live it every day. But it's in there. So part of your brain is online recording every detail so that if you do survive, you can go into fight or flight later and get away before it's too late. But you're also in this physiological and emotional preparation for death. You are shut down, just waiting for it to be over. If you are a woman who is struggling with this freeze response, with the trauma of what happened to you and the fact that you didn't or couldn't fight or get away, it's not your fault. Your brain and your body did everything in their power to protect you in the ways they knew how and in the ways that they perceived as safest. Sometimes there are glitches in the brain and maybe we could have survived a different way. We'll get into that in the series on trauma next year. But 
it's also true that you never know what could have happened. So I want you to know that it's not your fault that this happened to you. You never deserved any of it. And it's not your fault that you laid there and took it. And didn't fight back or didn't run away. And this is the science why. This gives an explanation that removes the shame. And one of the first things in getting the right help is to bring clarity to the and truth, really. Truth to what actually happened. And internally, what happened is that your brain made a split-second decision based off what it knew in that moment, based on how God wired you from the beginning and based on all the pain you've already experienced in your life. And however you responded was what your brain deemed most appropriate in that moment. And Satan has access to us, so sometimes... It may not be perfect, but you survived. And that's the important part. And now we can lean into God to heal and create a beautiful masterpiece out of the mess. So with these three stages of polyvagal theory, social engagement, that no-stress state of compassion and connection and bonding and peace. Fight or flight, sympathetic activity, that movement towards danger to fight it or movement away to run away from it. Into freeze, body collapse, immobility, shutdown. You go into these high-stress states in this order. How you come out of them is down the same way you came in. If you're in the freeze response, you will go back into fight or flight before you go back into social engagement. This is because if I'm a gazelle and a cheetah has attacked me, And I go limp. I go into freeze. Once the cheetah thinks I'm dead and it goes off to get its family to gloat and say, hey, I got dinner, come back, which cheetahs actually do, the gazelle will sense the survival brain again is online, right? It's scanning the surroundings, still doing everything it does, just in case. And when it senses safety, it will come out of freeze back into fight or flight. And there's a video, I can't find it, but I saw it somewhere in training of this. A gazelle gets attacked, plays dead or goes into freeze response. Truly the body prepares for death as if it's limp. The cheetah thinks it's dead. The cheetah goes away, like just saunters off, ready to go find his family. It's kind of gloating, I feel like. And when the cheetah's been gone long enough, the gazelle wakes up, gets up, looks around kind of shakes a little bit and then it tears off running as if the cheetah is chasing him. It goes back into the flight mode and it gets out of there and it runs. I don't even know how far until it's far enough away and it realizes the cheetah has no idea where I am now. I'm okay. It goes through the fight or flight response to get away or you could go back into fight if maybe your attacker i don't know suddenly lost his power of some type they're exhausted and burnt out or something i don't know usually i think you'd run away but if it's possible then you could get out of there and you need energy to do that so you come out of freeze into fight or flight turbocharged hulk beast mode to save your life before you go back down into social engagement. And in that video of the cheetah, it goes back to eating. It's like, wow, you know, I was having lunch then this cheetah tried to kill me. So I ran away and it caught me and it almost killed me. But then 
I don't know, I went catatonic and then it left and I came back up, woke back up, ran off, and now I'm just going to have lunch again because now I'm safe. It's actually pretty miraculous. You will come out of freeze, out of this shutdown, out of this depression into fight or flight. And you're going to have all this energy. If someone has been hurt, if they've been assaulted, usually after the fact, they're very shaky. That's all that fight or flight energy inside of them. That adrenaline and cortisol, everything in your body designed to get you to run or fight and beat that danger. And so you might be really shaky coming out of the freeze response because you have all that energy. And it's not until your brain realizes you're fully safe and you release that energy that you come back down into social engagement, into that safety, that rest, that peace, where you can truly bond with people. And what we find is emotionally in our lives, sometimes we can get really triggered into fight or flight, that anxiety, that panic, that anger, that rage. And then dip into freeze and just get really numbed out, depressed, hopeless. And then when we start to come back to life, we may be very agitated. Panic, rage, anxiety, fear, anger, attack, or run away. And it may be hard then to come back into social engagement. Either way, mental health and Jesus are here for you to help pull you out of these states, to pull you out of the freeze response into life and out of fight or flight back to peace. And when you use mental health techniques to do this, if you're in the freeze response, you're not going to have to feel your way through fight or flight. They're going to do the work for you to pull you out of freeze into social engagement very quickly, safely, but very quickly. So if you're very numbed out and depressed, there's only a few techniques I offer that really work with this because the techniques for fight or flight are very different than the techniques for freeze, but they will help pull you safely through fight or flight very quickly. So you're not really going to feel much of it and then bring you into social engagement. And if you're in fight or flight, convince your brain you're safe. You're not in danger. You don't need to attack or run and bring you back down to that piece of social engagement. If you are a woman who is struggling with any of these states, the high stress ones, fight and aggravation, defensiveness, flight, that fear, panic, anxiety, avoidance, or freeze, that numbed, hopeless depression. I want you to know that there are resources available. There are two resources linked down in the show notes below that can help pull you out of these states of fight or flight and freeze. The first is an on-demand mental health resource. It's a membership that I've created of me guiding the different mental health techniques that are designed to turn off these different stages of high stress. And I've turned them generic so that they can be recorded on camera and audio for you. And that way you have them on demand when you need them most. Because trauma does not trigger During that one precious hour a week where you're in therapy or trauma coaching, it triggers day and night in the most inconvenient of times. And I wanted you to have the ability to have the right help for you 24-7 so that you can come back to this state of peace and rest in your mind and body. That social engagement where you can thrive as the beautiful woman God created you to be. And secondly, there is a list of practitioner directories. If you are struggling with the trauma of what caused this, 
There are therapists and trauma coaches that can help you safely, gently, and lovingly walk through the trauma and what happened and help you detach the trauma from your memories. There are a whole collection of mental health techniques designed to heal trauma. And many of them that I use in the membership actually are those. The membership won't heal you. It's just there to turn it off in the present day. But when you work one-on-one with a practitioner, like a therapist or a trauma coach, they know how to use these techniques safely to help you go into the past where all that pain lives and help release that pain safely and gently so that you can allow your brain to release the trauma from the memory so that you have a neutral memory of what happened. Never condoning what happened, but no longer carrying any pain from it. So that is down below in the show notes as well, just a list of practitioner directories if you are needing help one-on-one to heal the past, whatever Satan did. I hope this episode shed some light on you not being at fault, on you having a beautiful brain and body that are working for you, not against you, on having an intelligent design from your Father in Heaven to protect you against the evil of this world, and against the shame that Satan's trying to throw you, to silence the devil and begin taking ground on bringing light into this darkness. I hope this episode brought in an understanding of maybe some of the struggles you're going through and understanding why your brain and body are doing this when you're in these states on how it's happening and why you can't control it. And maybe if you're in social engagement, having an openness and a curiosity for what resources are available to help with it. Whether you're healing or turning it off in the present moment, a curiosity to how to take this knowledge now, wield it wisely, and get the right help for you. It's the whole intention behind this series and this podcast is to give you an understanding of what is happening and why so you can shut the devil up and stop blaming yourself. Begin to love yourself more and like Jesus does, and to get the right help, to get the right help 24-7 to heal and to turn it off. I hope this episode helped with that. Stay tuned next week. We are going to recap this entire series and talk about what it means for your life, how Knowing all this collectively as one can really get you the right help and help you do everything you need in this life. And stay tuned for our series after that, all about the mental health resources that can turn your stress off. will be a continuation of this, but then looking at the positive side. Now we know what happens How do we work in reverse to come back to peace and rest, that social engagement in your mind and body? I am praying for you. I love you. I hope you have a beautiful day. Take care. Thank you so much for listening today. If you liked this episode and are looking for some additional resources to help you turn off your stress, including overwhelm, anxiety, panic, and trauma triggers. Check out my free mental health video linked in the show notes below. 
In it, I guide you through one of my favorite mental health techniques for turning off all of that stress in less than five minutes, no matter where you are. Truly, you can turn off your stress in under five minutes in public and no one will ever know. It's that amazing. Download it from the link in the show notes below and let me carry you back to this state of peace in your mind and body. I'm praying for you. I love you. I hope you have a beautiful day. Take care.